Hello and welcome to The Proper Atmosphere. I am your host, Dan Mickle, and The Proper Atmosphere is a weekly podcast dedicated to helping athletes navigate the mental challenges of sports, performance, and coaching. Today's episode is all about developing mental flexibility and helping with self-doubt, and we are going to answer an email that we received from Alex, who is a tennis player from New York who is struggling with self-doubt and performance issues. Here is what Alex wrote into us. Dear coach, my name is Alex and I'm a tennis player from New York. I'm reaching out to you because I've been struggling with my confidence on the court. Tennis is my passion and I've been playing competitively for several years. However, I've been experiencing self-doubt lately and it's affecting my performance. I often find myself getting frustrated during matches and I feel like I'm not playing up to my potential. I'm hoping that you can help me develop a stronger mental game and teach me how to stay positive and focused on the court. I am committed to working hard and learning from you. Thanks for your time and consideration. Sincerely, Alex. All right, so Alex's email brings up a really common uh, point in sports and specifically in an individual sport like tennis where most of the responsibility lies on the individual's own performance. You're not dependent on a team. And... There's also not a lot of courtside coaching in a sport like tennis, much like, say, beach volleyball, where the coaches can't actively coach during play. So we tend to see self-doubt creep into those athletes a little bit more than we do in the team sport where you can rely on a little bit of each other. And since basically sports psychology has been introduced in the early 1900s, basically I think 1898 is when Triplett introduced the the term um, sports psychology. Um, there's been a tons of studies, and and this exact issue has probably been at the forefront of one of the the most studied, most researched, and and probably the most common of of what we see is that self doubt creeping in. And without knowing Alex and going through his history and and you know his journey to where he's at. Um, I'm going to do some, you know, just broad strokes on all this because there could be a lot of things. There could be injury. There could be trauma. There could be other things that are affecting this. But I'm just going to go with the, the general sense of kind of what's going on. And you know me. I like to use mental flexibility over mental toughness. Um, so you'll hear me talk about mental flexibility and and how that's been studied and, and how crucial that really is in determining an athlete's success. And research has shown that mental flexibility is basically defined as the ability to stay focused, motivated, and composed in the face of adversity, finding those answers. Um, you know, mainstream we use mental toughness. I've discussed, you know, a million times why I don't like using the term mental toughness, but if that helps you remember it and understand where it's coming from, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. But it, it really is a key point um, to performance and really making the difference between winning and losing is developing these skills to help with your mental flexibility. And again, in tennis, mental flexibility is especially important because of the individual nature of the sport. And the fact that players have to rely pretty much solely on themselves for their own mental strength, their own motivation, and to perform at their best. So how can we, you know, look at that and what are the key areas of kind of what we're going to address to help you out with your situation, Alex. And one of the biggest areas I think that we need to look out is self-efficacy. Um, and really what we mean by that is what is your or the athlete's belief 
in your ability to perform the specific task? Do you actually believe um, that you can perform what is required of you to be at the level that you think you're at or that you want to be at? And when we believe in our skills and our skill set, then we obviously tend to perform better and persist through challenges. So we might have those setbacks, but because we believe that, you know, we should be there and, and I can do this, we, we, you know, battle through those moments and tend to see a little bit more success. But a lot of times we don't train in that and we have, you know, low self efficacy and that leads to the self-doubt and the anxiety and the poor, poor performance because we just don't we don't believe in ourselves we don't believe that that we can perform what we need to do so when we're talking about how we work on that that's going to be one of the key areas we need to look at how we can improve that self-image of where we're at on a skill level you know and one of the things that i like to talk about is this isn't about being a 10 like, I want to be the best tennis player in the world, right, Alex? You obviously want to be good, but it's about being the best version of yourself that you can be now. This is how hard you train. So, you know, if 10 is, say, a world champion, professional, Olympic athlete, maybe you're on a scale of six right now because you're in that middle part of your career. You're starting to take it seriously. So my goal isn't to make you a 10 at this point. Our goal is to make you the best six. And then we increase that top end number, you know, over time with skill practice and mental practice and strength and conditioning, you know, all the components that go into making you the best athlete. But again, I'm not looking to make you a 10. I'm looking to make you the best version of yourself at this moment. Um, so, what are some of the skills that we can work on to help that? And one of the biggest ones I don't think we get enough attention with is pre-match or pre-game routines. You know, a consistent routine that you have before you compete or even practice helps you build confidence. And that could be visualization. It could be self-talk. It could be breathing and relaxation. It can be journal writing. It, it, it varies by athlete and what you need. But... <clears throat> We talk a lot about pre-game rituals, but we don't think about do we have pre-practice rituals. Are you doing the same thing every day coming to practice so that you know that you're at the same starting point? And that's really what it is for me. If you're coming in late to practice or you're really rushed because you have a packed schedule, chances are you're going to train differently than if you come in at a normal time, you have your normal pace, and you don't feel as flustered. So the goal is how can we, even if we're flustered, start and have a pre-game and a pre-practice ritual. So even if I'm late, I'm five minutes late, I'm 10 minutes late, I'm still going to go through steps A, B, and C to start my practice, regardless of when it's starting. Whether I'm early, I'm on time, or I'm late, I start it this way. For me, I like to start with you know five minutes of breathing exercises and a little bit of visualization to get my mind right. So whether I'm there early and I start that early and then go into practice, or if I'm running late, I make sure that I have those five minutes. Sparing those five minutes, and it can be tough when you're running late, but sparing those five minutes are really going to help you pay off in the long run. Because again, it's going to give your mind and your body that same starting point for every practice, whether you're rushed or not. So Really think about what your pre-match and your pre-practice routines are and how can you get that uniform so that your body knows, hey, it's time to work, it's time to go. Next, we want to look at building that self-efficacy. How do we do that? 
And you, the easiest way to do that is, is by starting with setting achievable goals. And we've talked on this podcast and I've talked on, you know, numerous times about setting the smart goals and how, and how goals can help us. But when we set those goals and we're not talking about the long-term goals, like winning a championship, we're talking about increasing, um, you know, your efficiency on your backhand or your serving skills. And we set those achievable goals and we meet them. We start to believe in ourselves. Like I can do this. I have grown from last month to this month. And, and I can see that, you know, that's, that's, you know, where I'm writing in my journal and I'm getting these skills and I'm, I'm showing that I'm meeting my small goals starts to build that confidence. And it doesn't let that self doubt creep in because you can say to yourself, I can do this because I've shown that I've done it in practice over and over again. And I just need to translate that. So maybe we also practice the skills in a variety of situations instead of doing it so blocked where um, I'm controlling everything. Maybe we have someone toss in shots or take shots from different parts of the court and kind of move around so that you're getting more randomness and that's going to help you improve that motivation and it's going to help you you know really see that I am growing again because I'm not just doing it in a controlled environment I'm doing it in a random environment and you know I'm I'm hitting from all over the place I'm trying different methods of hitting I'm finding out what's working but I can see that growth and that's going to help you with getting that self-doubt out because, again, not only are you succeeding and it's not in a controlled environment where the coach is tossing in all the shots that you have to hit or, you know, the defenders tell you um, or your opponents tell you where they're going to put every shot so you can kind of cheat that way. It's about getting that randomness and, and building that confidence up. Another aspect we want to look at is our self-talk. What actually goes through your mind while you're playing, while you're practicing, and while you're trying to do the skills? Alex, my guess is there's probably a certain skill, whether you know it's a forehand or a backhand or something in your game that is causing this self-doubt. It's probably not the game in its entirety. It's maybe one or two spots where you feel you're, you're not up to your best at and your mind is telling you that. So that's what we need to look at. We need to look at, you know, where I'm having this negative self-talk and what's causing it. Is it a specific skill? Is it a specific situation, um, a, a certain point in a match? Maybe I'm up, a, you know, a set or I'm down a set and that's causing the self-doubt. There's a lot of reasons, but without actually writing it down, and, and really this goes back to why I like journaling, kind of looking at it saying, okay, I notice that every time I get in this situation, I start to have self-doubt. And that's because these are the thoughts that are creeping in my mind. So then we have to work on how do we have change negative self-talk into positive self-talk? And how do we really work on talking to ourselves? But we can't even begin that process until we know and hear what we're actually saying. Most people don't think about, it. We, we say, oh, I got in my own head. And but we never take the time to actually think about what was in your head. We just know that it was this noise and this chatter, but what was the actual sound or what was being said in your own mind that's causing that issue? And we have to really examine that because how we attack that and how we work on self-talk is really dependent on, on what's actually being said in your mind and, and how we attack that. So we need to kind of start really logging that and journaling and looking at our self-talk. 
On the flip side, we can also use those moments where we have positive self-talk already and try and bring that into the areas. Why when I'm hitting a forehand um, shot, I have such great self-talk, but when I have you know my backhand, it's not. And how can I bring that positive self-talk from one skill into another? So that's another thing that we definitely want to work on, Alex, and, and, and really look at that. And then visualization is another one. You know, visualization is a huge, powerful tool. It takes a little bit to get where you see the most benefits, but with practice over and over, it can happen. So, um, you know, you can go back and listen to some of my episodes or you can check the mental cast or some of the other stuff that I've done and, and looked at visualization in a, um, you know, more in-depth look. But the broad strokes of it, again, are we need to practice and rehearse those skills. And the key is we want to prepare by practicing those skills the correct way. We don't want to visualize us doing it the wrong way. We want to visualize us doing it the correct way. Now, we can run through it and kind of use it almost like an instant replay and say, okay, this is where I'm messing up. My footwork is causing the problem. You know, but we don't want to dwell on that. We want to move to, okay, this is the proper footwork or this is the proper way I want to stroke the ball and 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 work on that shot. So we need to make sure that we do have those moments where we're visualizing things and, and making sure that they're the way that, you know, we want them to work. And we need to spend time visualizing it. Just don't blow through the exercise. And, and we run into that a lot with athletes where they just, they don't really buy into it. So they just kind of blow through and, and do the broad strokes of the exercise. You really need to get all the senses involved. You know, what does it smell like to be outside and, and, and on that tennis court on a hot day? Um, what do you hear? What do you see? What are the sounds? Is there a taste in the air? Is it like a dry heat? Is there humidity? The more the sensations that we can bring in, the more our mind thinks that we're actually doing it. And those mental rehearsals become more vivid and more lasting because we take the time to go through it. So really spend your time and, and set aside some time to try some visualization and, and work on those areas where you feel the self-doubt creeping in. And also you can work on visualization using it to be confident walking into a packed arena or, you know, thinking about there's a lot of hostile fans in the stands. If you visualize it happening, then when it actually does happen, your brain's like, oh, we've already been here and we know how to cope with it. So, you know, practice working on that a little bit. And then the last thing I would suggest is really practice mindfulness. How are you in the now? Stop worrying about the past and start and stop thinking so much about the future and just deal with what you have in front of you. You can then look back and look forward after the match or after practice and see what you need to improve on or where things might have went wrong. But in the moment, don't waste your mental energy and your time looking at things that are no longer in your control. You can't control what just happened and you can't really predict and control the future. So we spend a lot of time in competition worrying about what's behind us and what's in front of us. And what we really need to do is focus on the controllables and what's in front of you in that moment. So we discussed all these things, right? We, did, we discussed the pregame routine, the self-efficacy, the self-talk, visualization, and mindfulness. So now how do we actually put all of this you know, into motion for you, Alex, and what can you do starting right now, right today to work on that? And my first one would be work with your coach or, you know, if you have a mental coach or a sports psychologist, that'd be great. You don't necessarily need that, but develop your pregame routine and, and 
include some of these things like journal writing, positive self-talk and visualization. Make all of that part of what you do before every practice or before every match and, and continue to practice that so that whether you're playing in the morning, you're playing back to back, you're playing at night, you're taking this five, 10 minutes before every big moment and working on it and having the same pregame routine. If you're looking for a quick example, I would say take five to 10 minutes and write in your journal what your goals are for that practice or that match, do some breathing, do some visualization, and just walk through some positive self-talk moments so that you know how to address yourself when you're starting to feel that self-doubt creep in. Set achievable goals. And this isn't, again, about setting goals for the end of season or for the championship. This is about setting your goals for that day. What are your goals for that practice? And they can't just be, hey, I'm going to go in and get better. Put some specific measurable goals in there. What can you work on in this practice? Because that is going to keep you not only focused towards that and keep the self-doubt out. When you reach those goals, it'll help you add another tool to combat the self-doubt. No, I know I can do this because I've done it all week in practice and I was able to do it and I was able to do it on a consistent and regular basis. So that's why we want to set those goals. Positive self-talk. And we want to start by identifying those moments. When do we have the negative self-talk? When do those things start to creep in and how can I then flip it and start to do positive self-talk? And, and that's huge for us. We have to take the time and look at, okay, this is what the negative self-talk that I'm having. This is the moment or these are the moments that it's creeping in. We can't just go out there and say, okay, I'm going to talk positive to myself. I'm going to tell myself I can do this. I got this. We need to first look at the negative and see the situations when the negative self-talk is creeping in and how we can fix that. You know, and then then we move on from, you know, thinking I can't do this to changing to I am capable of doing this. I can handle this. I've worked really hard. I know I can do that. So a lot of problems that we're into with self-talk is people just automatically want to start piling on the positive self-talk. But we really need to look at and analyze the negative self-talk before we begin working on it and combating it with the positive self-talk. Add in that visualization. You know, start by, um, you know, just looking at a match, playing through a match or playing through a scrimmage in practice through your mind and thinking of all the steps. And again, the key with visualization and, and mental imagery is bringing all the senses in. Don't just go through, okay, I did this and did it step by step. What it would be like if you were watching yourself on film or watching, you know, through your own eyes, but a replay. Every step, everything that you can bring into it, sights, taste, smell, hearing, everything, because that's going to make it more vivid and the mind's going to think it's real and it's going to help you with your neural pathways and we, we could take hours and dive into the science of it. Um, but the key is, you know, work on that visualization of staying composed. Visualize, you know, all of a sudden you're down a set. How are you going to come back from that? How are you going to stay strong and stay headstrong and, and work through that? And visualize yourself winning and holding up the championship or the medals, you know, for motivation to kind of keep that going. Don't dwell and don't visualize over and over on the errors. It's okay to analyze your visualization and say, okay, when I ran through this in my mind, I noticed my footwork, even when I visualize it's wrong. So fix it. But don't visualize, 
you know, losing sets and losing matches over and over again, because that's just going to get you in that, you know, bad space. You're going to have that self-doubt. So we want to work on the positive and think on the positive. And then lastly is add in some, some aspects of mindfulness, some deep breathing exercises and focusing on what you can control now. Forget about the serve that you just missed or the mat or the set that you just lost and focus on the serve that you're making now and the set that you're in now and try and improve in that moment. And you can pay attention to your emotions. If you start to feel like you're getting those negative emotions, it's okay to identify and say, okay, I'm having negative thoughts, but don't dwell on them. Don't put time into them. Don't sit there and you know argue in your mind back and forth about them. Recognize them and then just kind of move on from them. So Alex, I really hope, I know that's a lot of information. There's a lot of little nuggets in there, but it's really about developing your plan and that's what you're going to need to do. So I hope you found these skills and the exercise that we talked about valuable. And I think it's going to help you really develop a stronger um, mental game, mental flexibility to help you um, work on those things. And remember, confidence and focus are key to performing at your best. And those only happen when it's constant practice and positive thinking. You know, this all isn't going to change in a day for you, but you have to stay consistent with it. Don't just journal for one day and miss it the next day. Work on all of these skills every single day and how you can do it. All right. Thanks, everyone. And again, thank you, Alex, for sending in that email. Um, thank you for tuning into the proper atmosphere. Remember to follow us on all social media. At Real Dan Mickle is how you can get a hold of me, and you can visit the website at properatmosphere.com. And you can find um, this podcast on all major podcasting, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also now watch us on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash at 717 soul is the information for that. And remember to check in with our sponsor, Soul Performance Academy, on their website, soulperformanceacademy.com, and across all social media at 717 soul. Also, if you're looking for additional resources specifically on, on this topic um, and mental flexibility as a whole, check out The Mind Gym by Gary Mack and The Inner Game of Tennis by Timothy Galway. Um, everything's in the show notes, so you can find those links and go to them. But again, thank you, and we'll check you out next week when we have more emails from listeners. Have a great day.